Krishna, everyone, we've been uh, a little, Hare Krishna, who are you? You're with, okay, I know who you are. <laughs> uh, okay, we're continuing in our reading about Srila Prabhupada. And uh, apologies for being out of station for a while. But when you're out of station, you're out of station. <laughs> and I was out of station. <laughs> In fact, I'm still out of station. <laughs> Train hasn't quite got there. Uh, where are we reading? Srila Prabhupada was in hospital and now devotees took him out of the hospital. Namo Mishtubaraya Krishna Pristaya Bhutale Srimati Bhakti Viranta Swamiditi Namine Namaste Sarasati Devi Gauravani Pricharine Nirvishesha Srinivadi Pashyachade Satarine Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhara Shiva Shri Gaura Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Okay And Srila Prabhupada is now in a uh, on the Long Beach there's uh, Prabhupada in a rented house and he's also uh, staying there for three weeks. And from there Prabhupada wrote the following letter, quote, I'm in due receipt of your letter dated June 10, 1967. Yes, it's due to your prayers uh, that this time my life has been saved. Your appreciation of the movement is very keen and interesting. Actually, I was also attracted by my Guru Maharaj when he convinced me that God lives and we can live with him. I find the same conviction in you and it has given me so much great pleasure. Yes, it's the greatest discovery. Human society under the spell of illusion is doing things each on his own responsibility and they are becoming entangled in material existence. This is the greatest blunder in human society. They have not only forgotten God, but they've declared openly that God is dead. This declaration of the foolish human society is the greatest blunder in life. I therefore appreciate your conviction and I'm still more glad that you are determined to propagate this message to the world at large. I'm sure that you can do this because all of you are determined to propagate this message to the world, 
to I'm sure that you can do this because all of you are determined to propagate this message to the world at large. I'm sure that you can do there's a problem here in the printing. And then again, I'm sure that you can do this because all of you who have come to me are sincere souls and have understood the inner force of Krishna consciousness. Inner force. Please try to propagate this new movement combinedly. I have already explained to Satsvarup that for the present I may return to India and try to recoup my health as well as begin the American house there. Uh, you can see there's uh, two at least important points here. One of them is that uh, Srila Prabhupada was already emphasizing preaching, giving Krishna consciousness to others. Uh, most of the people who he was speaking to uh, didn't know uh, very much about Krishna consciousness even though they, they appreciated what Srila Prabhupada said, but their real uh, inspiration was Prabhupada. And they were following Prabhupada. Uh, of course, I can say that, you know, if Prabhupada was, who knows, doing something else, then they'd be following him, because Prabhupada was such a uh, a charismatic and enthusing person, but that charisma came from Krishna. So yes, it was because of Krishna consciousness. But uh, they were following Prabhupada, and uh, it took it took a while to get really clear. Well, what's this actually all about? What are what are we got ourselves into? <laughs> More or less. And uh, and what's very strong is <coughs> how I know from my generation and and I think some successive generations is that Srila uh, Prabhupada uh, generated such a. Uh, sense of obligation that you could, number one, you couldn't refuse Prabhupada. And of course, when you can't refuse someone, it doesn't necessarily mean that you actually do what they want. But in this case, that was the uh, case. Mishra Prabhupada wanted devotees to give their lives. At least he says, give this one life. So Prabhupada, uh, Prabhupada had that uh, power. And uh, that was what established Krishna consciousness. Now, you know, there's this idea, yes, we should really put Prabhupada in a certain pedestal or in a certain important position. Well, you make Prabhupada important by giving your life to him, not by passing resolutions, demoting others, and do, uh, doing things. Give your life to Prabhupada, and then that's how 
Prabhupada becomes really glorified. <coughs> the other, 1967 Prabhupada is talking about this American house in India. First it became American and then it became international. Prabhupada wanted a place where his disciples could go and be trained in Krishna consciousness. His original place was he wanted to take over Radha Damodar Temple and he wanted to build a Rupa Raghunath Vidya Pit. He wanted to build a college, a university that would teach the Siddhanta and philosophy of Krishna consciousness and devotees would come there to learn. Two points. At the end of June, Swamiji left his haven in New Jersey and returned to 26-2nd Avenue and to the hospital for a checkup, as Brahmananda had promised. The doctor was delighted to see Swamiji's recovery and did not object to his flying to San Francisco. Indeed, arrangements had been made for the world's first Rathyatra festival in the Western world. It would be held on July 9th. 1967, and the Swami, of course, had to be there as the master of ceremonies. During this period, perhaps inspired by the devotees who had taken care of him in Long Beach, I don't know what, Long Branch? The San Francisco devotees brought Swamiji to a beautiful little house in Stinson Beach, Marin County, just north of the city. There they would take care of him in a peaceful atmosphere where he could heal with devotees visiting only periodically. Sometimes he would visit the temple too, but the ongoing pains in his thoracic area and the ringing thoracic area, where's that? And the ringing in his ears would sometimes manifest and at such times Kirtananda and other devotees would be there to massage him and tend to his needs. After settling in, he wrote to Brahmananda, I hope things are going on in New York very nicely, but I have not heard from you since coming here. On the plane, I had no inconvenience, and I ate all the puris brought by Kirtanananda. Sometimes on the way, there was a little jerking, air pockets, and I got a little nervous. Anyway, I got down safely and was received by the anxious devotees here. Jainanda, in a nice car, brought me to the house, which is situated in an exceptional nice spot, and the house itself is aristocratic. So there's nothing to complain about the house and place. The only difficulty is that I cannot go to the temple on account of the zigzag course of the road in crossing the mountains. Anyway, the devotees are coming here, and the Rathyatra festival was performed with great pomp. More than 500 people followed the procession to the beach, and there were about two dozen cars. They distributed thousands of chapatis, and at last Sri Jagannath, Subhadra, and Balaram kindly came here to our house, and we will stay here for one week and then return. So for my health is concerned, on the whole it is nice, but sometimes I feel not so good. Everything depends on Krishna, 
and as he desires, it will happen. So that was uh, July 11th, 1967. So this is now about two years. So remember, 65, Srila Prabhupada is arriving in September in uh, Boston, and then from there he goes to Butler and then to uh, uh, New York. And uh, now he's already gone once to uh, San Francisco. Now he's uh, returning there. And Srila Prabhupada is now almost two years uh, in uh, the United States. And we conclude this chapter one day, just after the Rathyatra festival, Swamiji told Kirtananda that he had definitely decided to go to India via New York and that he would do so as soon as possible. The next morning, he and several disciples made their way to San Francisco airport. Chapter 5 Swamiji's Transcendental Literature Making a firm decision to go to India with his disciple Kirtan Ananda, Swamiji first corresponded with Shumati Murarji, who had arranged his initial trip to the States. He had hoped that maybe she would arrange his return journey. She's, he's writing to her Madame Shumati Murarji. Baishaheba. Please accept my greetings and all blessings of Lord Krishna. I'm due receipt of your letter dated July the 12th. I have advised my disciples to publish your advertisement in the Back to Godhead free of charge. I'm feeling too much to return to Vrindavan at the lotus feet of Sri Vrindavan Bihari. Lord Krishna, and therefore I have decided to return to India immediately. I would have liked to return via sea, as you have kindly offered me passage in your letter, but in my precarious state of health, that is not possible. So by the mercy of Krishna and through one friend here, somehow or other, I have received air passage, and I am expecting to leave here for New Delhi on Saturday next reaching Palam Airport on the 24th instant at 7.30 a.m. From there I shall proceed to Vrindavan after a few days rest in Delhi. I can understand that at present you cannot allow free passage to my disciples, but if you don't do so, at least in the near future, then my mission will be half finished or failure. I am just enclosing one letter of appreciation for one of my principal students, Bruce Scharf, from Professor Davis Heron, uh, and another letter from Professor Roberts of New York University. I think these letters will convince you how much my movement of Krishna consciousness is taking ground in the Western world. The holy name of Krishna is now being chanted not only in this country, but also in England, Holland, and Mexico that I know of. It may be even more widespread. I have sent you one gramophone 
record, which I hope you may have received by this time. You will enjoy to learn how Krishna's holy name is being appreciated by the Western world. End quote. In the end, she couldn't accommodate him, and he went by plane, but not before another incident of loving exchange with his New York disciples. You know, hearing about, who's read Prabhupada Lilamrita? Unabridged. Full line, very good. And uh, one aspect is just to appreciate how uh, Srila Prabhupada was really penniless. You know, he didn't have anything. And he was always fully depending on Krishna to somehow or send him, provide him uh, some donor. And of course, some donor always came. But, uh, and Prabhupada was a sannyasi. For a sannyasi to be begging is fine. But Prabhupada was more than a sannyasi. Prabhupada was a resident of the spiritual world in one sense. It was very humiliating to be in that situation that uh, when within you have everything, but externally you have nothing. <laughs> so, of course, that's the real wealth, uh, what's within. And later on, you know, Prabhupada would always be... Uh, very proud that he has 100 houses around the world and in every house he has 100 servants <laughs> and a car to drive him here and there uh, but of course those things were material things didn't really phase Srila Prabhupada his main interest was uh, that People become Krishna conscious. And so why? Why put Prabhupada in such a situation? Because, uh, you know, in a, in a sutra, in a very simple form, it doesn't require anything to preach and spread Krishna consciousness. Don't try and get ready. Don't try and, I got to get some I got to get some knowledge, I got to get some background, I've got to get some, uh, first I got to get a proper house and a facility, don't need anything. You just go out. And Srila Prabhupada did that. I mean, he did that to uh, brahmacharis, he just sent them somewhere, start a temple, and he did it also to grihastas. Uh, I don't know if that's here, but you know, for instance, in India, uh, when Prabhupada was once traveling by train, I don't remember, he was going south, and uh, you know, train stopped, and one longer train stop, and one man came up, and he was very supportive. He knew about Prabhupada and Krishna consciousness. And he asked Prabhupada, he said, Swamiji, can you, uh, uh, why don't you start a temple here? Prabhupada said, good idea. <laughs> <laughs> and he told the 
Grihastha couple, he says, get off. Well, they didn't have anything. They just, he says, get off, start a temple. And this was Westerners in India. And, you know, we weren't living like this uh, 50, 55 years ago. Like being in India was unbelievably austere whether it was in a city, what to speak of, uh, out here in Mayapur or Vrindavan, Prabhupada would often say, we don't, we weren't designed for austerity. We don't, for us it's so, so difficult. And that's one thing that Indian people, for them, it's in one sense very, very natural. Okay, Swamiji departs for India. Back in 1967, Brahmananda wrote a brief article about how the devotees in New York felt when Swamiji left for India. Some highlights from that essay follows. That's a long highlight. <laughs> Quote, he emerges from his apartment at 26-2nd Avenue, smiling, a transcendental mother who had just delivered another child to eternal life. As he had done so many times before, he descends the stairs, taking each step gracefully, and sweeps across the courtyard, a young bride going to join her beloved. We're talking about Prabhupada. Entering the temple before the painting of Guru Maharaj Bhaktisthanta Saraswati Thakur, he offers his obeisances, prostrating himself on the floor, humbly as an atom of his lotus feet. And walking to the waiting taxi, he embraces Achyutananda and then Gargamuni, who stoops to touch his forehead to the pavement. Some devotees have already left by subway and some by our chariot and some ride with him in the taxi. Brahmananda sits in the front, crying, and Swamiji reaches over and pats him on the back. A father giving his loving son support, a pal, and Roy Ram only rivets his eyes to Swami, ever attentive, and Kirtananda, sparkling, sits beside the most beautiful man in the world. Swami stays in the taxi, says in the taxi, there, quote, there's no question of separation. The sound vibration from us up together, even though the material body may not be there. What do we care for the material body? Just go on chanting Hare Krishna and we will be packed up together. You will be chanting here, I will be chanting there and this vibration will circulate around this planet. So take note, that's a principle that it, it's stated elsewhere also, that when you chant, then the mantra vibrates and goes around the planet. And Swamiji says, I may be going, but Guru Maharaj and Bhaktivinoda are there. I have asked them to kindly take care of all of you, my transcendental children. The grandfather always takes care of the children much better than the father. Do not fear. And Swamiji says, I think this is what Krishna desires. I have come to you, 
But now in this old age, I may be going there to Brindavan, and you may be coming there to me and be trained up, and we will spread this movement all over the world. Roy Ram, you will go to England. Brahmananda, you want to go to Japan or Russia? That's all right. And Swamiji says, when Kirtananda sees Brindavan, he will not be able to understand how I have left the place to come to this place. It is so nice. Uh, Prabhupada's talk continues. Uh, yes, it was uh, this sort of mixture. You, you couldn't un understand. Uh, when my cousin, I don't know when that was, 20 years ago, when my cousin came uh, to uh, Brindavan, and he, he said, how can the center of your, how can this place with open sewers, pigs running around, dogs, monkeys, bulls, I mean, this is not an ordinary sight anywhere that we have in the Western world, and all this unbelievable uh, dirt and austerity, how can this be the capital of your religion? So both of those things, on one side, the unbelievable austerity, and on the other side, the uh, uh, wonder, uh, you can feel the transcendental potency and energy uh, of the Dham. There are no motor cars there, like here, rushing, whoosh, whoosh, and smelling. Only there is Hare Krishna. There was one car in Vrindavan. One car. And it was always the same, there was only ambassadors, bus. Everybody always chanting, thousands and thousands of temples. I will show you, Kirtananda. We will walk all about there, and I will show you." Unquote. And Swamiji says, quote, I can understand you feeling separation. I'm feeling for my Guru Maharaj." End quote. Air India Terminal, Kirtananda stands at the counter while Swamiji sits in a nearby chair chanting, dispatching all the paper business. Kirtananda, a beautiful young American brahmachari, and his black suit and red tie and his budding flag. This was called a flag. Sika. Prabhupada called it. This is our flag. He gives the man two, uh, he gives the man his passport and the man looks at the identification picture taken two years ago of a bearded, run-down youth and now with this beautiful brahmachari standing before him. Are you sure that you're Keith Gordonham? That was taken before I met the Swami. I have changed. Yes, I see. <laughs> Upstairs, we all go to the lounge. The milling people spread apart, and Swamiji sits in a chair, and all his disciples nestle together at his feet. Kirtananda, why not play the record? They will enjoy. And Swamiji sits and looks at all the awestruck people 
and smiles his unforgettable oceanic smile. So the portable phonograph is set up and Hare Krishna Hari Ram is vibrated, filling what was a lounge with Satchitananda. The devotees dance and sing and Swamiji enthroned just smiles contentedly. When the record ends, Hamsadura asks, should we collect? Why not? That's why we So Hamsadura jumps up and says, our mission is to spread Krishna consciousness. We have a temple in New York. We are always badly in need of money. <laughs> Please help us. That's one thing that never stops. Rosa. Badly in need of money. End quote. And a solitary soldier steps forward and offers Hamsadura his hat. So Hamsadura goes around to all the people that are waiting, standing by the bar, drinking and smoking intoxicants, killing both time and themselves, <laughs> and allows them to benefit by sacrificing for God's service. And the soldier's hat becomes filled with dollars and coins. And Swamiji says, our traveling is very auspiciously beginning. We had a nice kirtan, and we had a nice collection. <laughs> it's all in Krishna's mercy. And a young airport exec on the move rushes over and says that collections are not allowed in the terminal while the bar's cash register rings. But you are collecting, says Brahmananda. <laughs> yes, this is the age of Kali, says Swami. The other side of the record is played and the devotees cry and cry. Swamiji leans over and looks onto Gorsundar's painted eyes, uh, pained eyes, excuse me, and says, everything all right? In the way that only Swamiji can say it, which automatically makes everything all right. And Swamiji turns to admire his steadfast Rupanuga. You look just like Rupa Goswami, very beautiful. Prabhupada say these unbelievable things uh, about devotees. You cook just like Radharani. You look just like Mother Yashoda. You look just like Rupa Goswami. Uh, he was always very, uh, very, very appreciative. Quote, Himavati, you must come to Vrindavan and carry a water pot on your head. <laughs> like those Indian girls there in the picture. Can you learn? That will be nice. Nice young village girls. You look beautiful, Swamiji, says Brahmananda. Prabhupada, oh, no trace of disease, asked Swamiji. No, no, you're beautiful. Kirtan makes it go away. That's all right. And then Swamiji says, when Vivekananda came to this country, his picture was taken with so many old ladies. I have seen it circulated in India. And Swamiji smiles knowingly. Suddenly, the time arrives for Swamiji to leave. The disciples prostrate themselves, declaring their obeisances. That's a declaring obeisances. Swamiji arises and pats them on the head. A mother blessing her brood. Swamiji goes to silent and sad Jadurani and clasps her chin with his kind hand. You are doing very nicely. You go on doing your painting work. It is a great service you are doing. Krishna will be pleased. 
Then he glides out to the door. It was this, uh, Prabhupada had this uh, extraordinary ability that he, uh, he was able to just with a few words convince devotees that Krishna is watching you and you just do something. Krishna will be very pleased with you. And Krishna says Krishna is very pleased. So uh, Prabhupada brought Krishna very close. In reality, Krishna was as close, felt as close as Prabhupada because Prabhupada was with Krishna or vice versa. Then he glides out the door and the devotees swarm after him like protective drone bees following their queen. The devotees try to get past the gate and go with their master, but the guard prevents them. Advaita sees a door that promises the observation deck, but which is barred by shiny steel turnstile demanding a dime. What do the devotees do? <laughs> the devotees duck under and jump over the gate like an army storming a barricade. Outside, a gentle rain is washing the airfield and the devotees race across the wet deck and there below are Swamiji and Kirtananda walking across the field. The devotees scream, Krishna, Krishna. Swamiji turns and waves and then climbs a movable stair. On the top, he turns and uplifts his arms, pausing for a long moment, blessing his transcendental children standing there majestic, having come to this iron land and sown the seed of Hare Krishna, a space-age Narada Muni, saffron and beautiful, Goranga. Our master, our friend, our father, our mother, our child, our sweetheart is gone. The devotees cry frantically. They can only utter Hare Krishna, a pack of madmen not caring for anything loving, chanting, increasing the ocean of transcendental bliss, jumping up and down, gorging themselves with the taste of the full nectar, which is their only desire. Bhaktas, the greatest of all yogis, and out pops Kirtananda from inside the plane onto the platform, and he stands there and dances to Hare Krishna, dances while all around him are the winds of the great airliner and the scurry of the attendant vehicles and the scampering around the crews, the flashing lights and the evening rain, dancing arms uplifted, beseeching the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and the devotees dance with him, their Prabhu, tears of love decorating their eyes, flowing in torrents, all of us in ecstasy. A stewardess switches out of the plane and taps Kirtananda on the shoulder. <laughs> several times before he realizes it and he dances into the plane and the plane is sealed. The motors whine, the tail flaps move, the lights flash and the devotees scream and cry. Damodar growling out Hare Krishna Hare Ram and Madhweta clashing his cymbals wildly like a machine running out of control. The, yeah. I mean, at that time, devotees didn't know. They didn't know how to play instruments. Uh, their, you know, chanting was very sort of, well, they chanted like Prabhupada chanted. 
the devotees pull back as the exhaust blasts out from the plane, but Jadarani stays there, the smoke and the gas and the heat singeing her face, dancing, choking, Hare Krishna, Hare Ram. With a great roar, the airliner moves forward, and the devotees rush to the railing and then run down the deck, screaming Hare Krishna, as the plane moves away from its roost into the night and becomes only a distant light. The devotees wait and watch. It has stopped raining. Govinda says that raindrops are the tears that the gopis are shedding for their Krishna, and we can understand that. The devotees wait and wait, but they cannot see the plane. Their eyes are not able to see it, but they know it is there, and the devotees wait and watch until one devotee says, let's go back. And they walk off reluctantly, looking behind, trying to see, but not being able to see. And the next morning at Kirtan, Brahmananda reads, quote, I do not know anyone except Krishna as my Lord, and he shall remain as such even if he handles me roughly in his embrace, or he may make me brokenhearted by not being present before me. He is completely free to do everything, but he is always my worshipful Lord unconditionally. End quote of this short uh, excerpt. So at that time you can see that uh, although Kirtananda in New York was already wearing, he, he was about the, uh, in the beginning, the only one, he was the only one wearing a dhoti and had a shaved head. Uh, so, but here he's traveling in a suit, shirt and tie. So Prabhupada didn't mind. He said, you can, you can wear karmic clothes, but, you know, dhoti, kurta, or devotional clothes are that of a, uh, are, you know, the uh, aristocrat of uh, yogis. And similarly, uh, dressing very nicely in suit and so on. But Prabhupada heard that devotees were uh, dressing casually, uh, then he was very upset. He says, no, you can't do that. If you dress properly, so for instance, when we did, we did Sankatan, we, we always had at least nice pants, shirt, tie, and a sweater. A jacket was sort of rare because it was too, either if you were outside on the street and it's rare that you needed to wear a jacket, uh, maybe a coat we were wearing, and if we were at the, uh, uh, at the airport, it was really cumbersome for carrying books, but we're always well-dressed. Press the pants, send them to the cleaners, and good shoes, polished. And the Macmillan Miracle. Soon after arriving in the land of the Ganges, Swamiji had written to Brahmananda about the publication of the Bhagavad Gita in New York. He was especially enthusiastic because a major publisher, Macmillan, had agreed to take it on. This was a discussion that had started before Swamiji uh, left for India. Macmillan was, I don't know, if it wasn't, wasn't the biggest book publisher in the world, uh, it was one of the biggest. 
and uh, that was that was the first Bhagavad Gita that uh, I received, and that was the only Bhagavad Gita that was available. It was uh, it was abridged, which means that the uh, purports were cut down, and uh, it was blue with a hand-drawn picture of a uh, very nice picture of uh, Lord Narayan on the cover. Actually, it was a universal form Narayan. And, and that, was, uh, that was it. When I went to the temple to buy a Bhagavad Gita, they didn't have any. So I went to the university bookstore and fortunately I got, there were a lot of different editions. Fortunately, I picked up Prabhupada's. So, quote, in continuation of yesterday's letter signed by Kirtananda, I may further inform you that the Macmillan contract is very important. I have already confirmed the terms and you are herewith authorized to sign on my behalf. So this is one thing, you know, sometimes devotees really make a uh, extraordinary thing of, well, you know, Prabhupada didn't say that or Prabhupada didn't write that and if devotees edit a word or something like that, then it becomes, uh, you know, blasphemy. So that the book gets printed, Prabhupada was willing to have the book whittled down to half its size. And as far as I know, all that editing was done by Karmis. It was done by Macmillan itself. It wasn't devotees who did it. So as long as the books went out and as long as they preached, uh, it, uh, it had its effect. If the contract is bona fide, then there's no need for printing the books at my responsibility, either in Japan or in India. I shall be satisfied with the commission and shall only be glad to see the books are being read by hundreds and thousands of men. I don't know how many books Macmillan uh, printed, but they must have done well because up until 1975, that was the only Bhagavad Gita we had. It was, I think, in 1975, maybe it was early, maybe 73, that uh, the uh, Bhagavad Gita, as you see now, was published. And Prabhupada didn't really care about money, he you know, just cared about the books going out. Whatever profit may be derived from it will be utilized for the development of the American house here. Mm -hmm. I would have been very glad if Hayagriva, yourself, and Roy Ram, along with Kirtananda, would have been present combinedly and give a start to the American house. Negotiations for the plot of land is going on, and as soon as it is settled, we shall begin the work. Kirtananda is feeling the warmth of the city a little tediously, <laughs> for this warmth is a little bracy. Anyway, you try to, this is July in India, you try to fructify this contract and it will be a great relief to me. We have already written to Hayagriva to return to New York and deliver the mass copy over to Macmillan. The balance part of Gita Upanishad, which is being edited, should be finished as soon as possible 
and whenever necessary he may consult me by mail. This was in August 2nd from Vrindavan. The Bhagavad Gita was important to Swamiji. He saw it as the perfect book to convey Krishna consciousness as it consists of Lord's own words and his interactions with his loving devotee, oh, Arjuna. In 1939, just seven years after Swamiji was initiated by his spiritual master, he wrote a lengthy introduction to the book in English. Presaging, presaging his full translation and commentary. I don't know what that means. Prefacing, uh, which appeared soon after he began his mission in the West. We just continue with this also on on Monday. Um, Macmillan Miracle. Remember, keep that how how things how things happened. There are many, many miracles, uh, and uh, miracles are going on. Hare Krishna. Jai Srila Prabhupada ki jai, Shri Shri Panchatattva ki jai, Jai Nitai Gaur Premanandi, Hari 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 Gaur.